You're now listening to PopcoNet, the only cult of pop culture. Yo, what is up, people? Welcome back to PopcoNet, the only cult of pop culture. And on this pod, we're going to be talking about a couple of things that I really enjoy from the first quarter of 2020. But before we get into it, if you're new to the pod, welcome. And if you're a regular listener to the show, welcome back. Um, if you guys want to keep up to date with what I'm doing currently and what I'm watching, you can follow me over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under at PopcoatNet. And if you have any questions about the pod or if you want to join, please email me at PopcoatNet at gmail.com. And with all that being said, let's get straight to it. So this pod, I'm going to be initiating my... Uh, anime my tv and my movie talks all into one podcast i'm gonna be very brief about this i'm gonna go a couple of my favorites and a couple of suggestions and recommendations i think you guys should check out so first up we have anime uh i've been watching haiku season four uh to the top and even though it's kind of a slow start i'm really really enjoying this season so far um it's taking a different perspective from hanada the main character and he's pretty much the ball boy at this point and He's super athletic, um, undersized, but him becoming a ball boy is giving him a different perspective of the game of volleyball. And from this perspective, he's learning a couple of things. He's learning about um, using fewer or less movements and just being a better defensive player. And it's really, really going to help his game and uh, continue to make him a really cool volleyball player. And if you guys haven't checked out Haiku yet, I highly suggest this anime. Uh, you can find it on Netflix. Season one is on Netflix. And I swear, once you get into it, you're going to be hooked. It's one of my favorite anime. And I was one of those people that was kind of standoffish about sports anime at the beginning. But once I watched Haiku and another one of my favorites is Karuko's Basketball. Those are some really good ones. You should definitely check this out. And season four is off to a slow start, but I really think it's going to finish strong. Um, another anime that I'm watching from the first quarter of uh, January 2020 is My Hero Academia season four. And... I tweeted this yesterday and I think it was a little bit of an overreaction, but I am a few episodes away from dropping this show. I mean, this is not the show that I fell in love with. Um, Nothing's really captivated me anymore. Um, I feel like it's a lot of prolonging for not to catch up with the manga, which I don't really read. And I understand I need to slow the show down because they don't want to pass the source material. But man like other than a couple of high moments i've really really been disappointed in season four so far and i think my expectation level was a little bit too high because everybody was hyping up season four like oh this is when it gets real this is when it goes down and other than a couple of cool action fight sequences i've really been let down and it's very been it's been very disappointing in the arc that it is in right now people are calling the babysitting art and that's how bad this shit's getting guys it's really really getting bad and i know it was an overreaction but it's it's really getting to the point that i hate watching fillers and i kind of want to just put off the show until you know those lists come out with like anime fillers so i can skip those and just get straight to the source material but yeah uh my hero academia season four is really a letdown and the one through one through three seasons were all solid and it's just it's just coming to a screeching halt at this moment uh, as far as new anime, I just started watching Id Invaded. And yo, once I give you this premise, I don't know if you guys should go <laughs> just ter- pause the pod and come back and check it out. But do whatever you got to do. So the premise is, if you guys are familiar with Psychopaths, I would say a Psychopaths meets Minority Report. 
in a world that Christopher Nolan created. Now, if that didn't sell you guys, I don't know what else to tell you. This anime is so thought-provoking and is so freaking interesting, and I can't wait to keep watching it. Um, it follows the main character. His name is Akiko, and he's pretty much a uh, a cop whose family was murdered. And he went out to murder the guy that killed his family because why not? <laughs> and uh, he pretty much turned himself into this uh, agency. And this agency is using uh, people to go into this thing called a well. Uh, the well is pretty much a consciousness that is created by this police force to pretty much predict where killers are going to be at and pretty much stop them from committing crimes by using particles that they find at the crime scene to pretty much gather data to create this consciousness that uh, whoever is becoming the character inside this world named Sakato uh, to pretty much puzzle solve and do different things to figure out what the hell is going on. And once you enter the subconsciousness, it's always different. It's always a different scenario. Uh, you have to pretty much puzzle solve and try to figure out what's wrong, what's not wrong. Uh, the person is probably here and it's really intriguing it's really thought-provoking like i said and you guys should definitely check it out um the animation is not the best uh i would say it's okay but uh it's pretty much starting off on a <laughs> at a high clip the first seat or the first episode was very convoluted and ambiguous and ominous and you don't really know what the hell is going on but i think that was an intention of the first episode because whenever the person takes on this avatar inside this world the well they forget everything pretty much starting off with a clean slate all you know is that you're a detective and you need to solve a crime so it's it's a very very uh intriguing plot point and i'm really enjoying it so far um you guys should definitely check out that and that was id invaded um the source that i'm using to watch it is uh kiss anime it's a free site online uh but I'm pretty sure it's on Crunchyroll or Funimation or something like that. Um, but let's move on into TV talk. So a show that I was really anticipating dropped this month. And oh my God, it is lock and key on Netflix. And this show has been prolonged for years. Um, one of my friends from work put me on the graphic novel a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's finally made us found its home with Netflix. And I think the reason why it was so prolonged is that this show or this graphic novel adaptation was not made for regular television and netflix is the perfect home for it and i'm glad it found a home with netflix because they did a really good job and we know how netflix pretty much could go right or left with adaptations and fucking shit up and i'm still salty about that death note adaptation but the death note adaptation i think would have been better as a series and they, i think they kind of want that one back um, if they revisit it, I would definitely check it out, but I think they should just leave it as, as is. But, uh, Joe Hill is actually Stephen King's son. So I think the reason he changed his name to Joe Hill is because he didn't really want all the attention of being Stephen King's son and, you know, using that notoriety to, uh, you know, launch his career. And you got to respect the guy like that. I mean, you have so many people out in the world that are using their father's name or mother's name for clout or for business uh taking advantage of businesses and you can't blame him for that i mean to each his own but you got to respect the guy that went out of his way to change his nail i mean to change his name to hill to avoid being labeled as stephen king's son but uh 
the premise of the show is that it follows a family uh the lock family whose father was recently murdered by one of his students <laughs> another one of those shows that i like murder mystery type shows but uh yeah the kid's father was murdered by one of his students he was a principal at a school in pennsylvania pennsylvania i believe and uh they decided to leave pennsylvania and uh move back home to i think it was massachusetts to his to their father's home pretty much a huge mansion it looks like one of those fucking mansions from you know the 19 fucking 40s this is one of those ancient uh mansions but they move in and they decide to move for a fresh start and new beginnings and you know the whole typical plot point but from there this is when it deviates from everything that we're used to uh you know the kids are settling in and getting to you know get to school and everything but the youngest son finds this key and these keys have special powers and pretty much you have a key that uh can take you anywhere in the world and this isn't really spoiler territory this is happening in like the first few episodes but imagine having a key and you know what a door looks like in spain and you spin you know the doorknob and you open it and then you're in spain so these keys each key has its own magical power and the kids kind of are obsessed with these keys but at the same time there's this dark force in the background uh i'm just going to call it it i don't want to spoil it but uh, this person or this thing wants the keys as well. So the battle consumes and all the, you know, the all crazy stuff starts to happen um, within the show. But um, this is more like a family drama, TV drama, uh, mystery, horror. It has so many different elements. It's so genre and it's so freaking good. Like I said, I read the graphic novel uh, a couple of years ago. And even though Netflix decided to not adapt it panel for panel this turned out really really good like i'm looking forward to season two and if they uh make it but i heard they're writing season two right now but it hasn't been confirmed but oh my god i hope they definitely do it was really good you guys should definitely check it out and that was lock and key and on to movies so one of the most controversial movies that dropped this month uh was birds of prey the emancipation of harley quinn i believe that's the title <laughs> fucking long as fuck and they decided recently to change the name to just harley quinn birds of prey um reason being because it's not doing so well as they expected in the box office um i saw this movie last week uh, i believe friday and to my surprise um i got tickets maybe like midday that day and i i'm one of those middle section middle row <laughs> uh people when you go to the movies and when i went in or to when i went into my amc movie app it was still seats available mid midday i'm like oh my god usually when i i wouldn't say this is a blockbuster movie but usually when a movie of what i expected this to be those seats would have been gone so that was kind of shocking at first and then when i got there i wouldn't say the movie theater was empty but it wasn't a ton of people there. But uh, I'll give you guys a couple of stats about how I was doing over the weekend. Um, after some great reviews, it was an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes with a B plus certified fresh on CinemaScore. Uh, from this past weekend, it was sitting at 33 million, which is well projected, well projected under what it was projected to be 50, 55 million overseas it earned 81 million which is low because it was expected to make uh, 110 million 
Um, people are saying that this was caused because of lack of interest uh, in the suicide movie, and they're like, why is everyone a follow up? Um, and people are saying this cooled off the streak of, you know, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Joker. Like, it seemed like DC was finally onto something, and they finally figured out their recipe and what worked for them. And honestly, I really enjoy Birds of Prey. Um, I don't know if I should call it Harley Quinn Birds of Prey or whatever. I'm just going to call it Birds of Prey for the sake of this pod. But I thought it was a pretty solid movie, to be honest. Um, the premise is pretty much it follows the aftermath of Harley Quinn's breakup with the Joker and her pretty much finding her joy in life again and her purpose. And some people are reading this as feminist propaganda, but I didn't have an issue with it at all. I mean, sometimes with movies like this, it can be feeling like it's forcing down your throat and it feels like you're a guy watching this and you don't <laughs> you're not supposed to be watching this. This movie is for you. But I didn't feel that way at all. Uh, the director is Kathy Yang, and the screenplay writer was Christian Hudson. She wrote Bumblebee. Um, but I'm going to go through some of the characters um, and what I thought about them during the film because we got introduced to a couple of new characters. But one that we're most familiar with is Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie. And it's to the point that whenever I think of Harley Quinn now, I think of Margot Robbie. Uh, similar to Henry Cavill with Superman or uh, Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man. She is Harley Quinn and she is sensational. So charismatic, so dangerous, so silly, so sexy, so everything. And I, she did a really good job. Um, I saw some clips on YouTube uh, a couple of minutes ago and she pretty much did some of her own stunts on those rollerblades. Um, there was a couple of action set pieces when she was like rolling and you know beating guys asses up on rollerblades and to find out that she actually did some of her own stunts was pretty pretty interesting and i think she did a good job uh we have a character that we're just introduced called black mass played by Yuri mcgregor and i haven't really heard anybody else say this but his performance really reminded me of the joker for some reason and i'm not really familiar with the character from the comics black mass but this performance was very joker-esque and I'm not saying it was bad. It was very over the top, very uh, one of those flamboyant uh, villains, very charismatic, very charismatic, but at the same time threatening. Um, this guy is fucking psychotic. He could turn on a pretty much the drop of a dime. He'll fucking kill your whole family. So he was very threatening. Uh, Ewan McGregor's performance was really good. Um, it's cool to see him not as Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, then we have Black Canary, played by Yurin Smullet Bell. Uh, her performance is very foxy, Cleopatra-like, very uh, 1970s-like. She's super funky, super fun, and she'll kick your ass. I liked her performance. Then we had Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Weinstein. She was a socially awkward assassin but she's pretty much a badass. Um, then we have Renee Montoya played by Rosie Perez. She was cast as the typical 80s retro cop and she pretty much was the glue that kept the team together once they all united. But uh, my likes for this movie, I like that DCU actually leaned into Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Um, and I say that because a lot of people didn't really like Suicide Squad. I didn't love it, I thought it was okay. Uh, introduced like a really unique take on the superhero genre at that point and before it came out it was supposed to be this dark and gritty and 
street like uh type comic book movie but it, i think they turned it down and it came became this kind of fun try to like be like marvel type movie and i think that kind of ruined it and i know jared leto is still pissed because supposedly he did some really dark shit to get into that role but overall i thought it was okay movie i wish i could have saw the actual vision that the director had in the first place and i'm kind of upset they got scared about the backlash from that but i do enjoyed how they leaned into that and that uh atmosphere that was created from suicide squad kind of trickled into this film um a lot of cool things with colors the cinematic cinematography is really good uh i really enjoyed the atmosphere and the soundtrack isn't as good as suicide squads but it was really really good and it kept the you know the drilling and flowing throughout the movie um but yeah i don't think the issue with uh harley quinn birds of prey is that it was a bad movie i just think that the marketing for this movie wasn't up to par and they kind of went into this with their chest out for no reason um i think only two trailers dropped um not a lot of teasers not a lot of steam you know carrying this movie into the weekend and they kind of just dropped it um also the title wasn't <laughs> you know idea to be that long i think on my amc movie app it was the smallest font <laughs> in the world and I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, okay, that's Birds of Prey. Because this title is so long, so they're shrieking that. But I don't think the title would help it at all. The only thing that could help this movie make up the movie or make up the money that it's missing out on is just hopefully people actually, you know, uh, want to go see a, a movie that's really good. You know, um, maybe some guys are, you know, kind of like standoffish because it's a whole female cast. But I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, my girlfriend enjoyed it as well. And not sure if i'll go back and see it in theaters but once it hits like a streaming service some of that i'll definitely check it out but i say that and i to say this i did have a few issues um one of my issues with the film was that it took uh i would say a deadpool like approach to the storytelling uh which means like a lot of backtracking like you move forward and then uh harley quinn will pause and start narrating something that happened before this happened and you go back and it was cool at first. I really thought it was cool, kind of like Deadpool life, but it just got too obsessive with it. It kept doing it over and over again. And once we built that mo momentum, it kind of felt like we were slowing down just to catch back up. And I think this film could have worked if it was told chronologically as well. But uh, other than that, I didn't have a ton of issues with it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And if you guys are looking for a movie to check out this weekend or this month or in the future, you should definitely check out Birds of Prey um this dcu universe i don't even think this is absolutely in it i think it's his own thing but whatever dc is doing i hope they really do keep it up i hope they don't get scared because they're like oh we did an r-rated movie and look what happened um like i said uh the action fight scenes were fucking brutal um margot robbie was badass as harley quinn super fun uh popcorn movie um i just think that this dropping in january kind of fucked it up like nobody's really going to the movies in january unless you're like a cinephile unless you're a comic book head but if this movie came out like spring or like summer with the colors and stuff like that and close to halloween with a lot of cosplay going on i think it would have did a lot better and maybe they hit the drawing boards about when they release movies and when not but uh with all that being said I hit anime, I hit TV, and I hit movies, and I hope you guys enjoyed this pod. And if you guys want to uh, hit me up on Twitter, once again, that's at PopcultNet. 
and let me know what you guys thought about the movie also please don't forget to rate review and let me know how you're enjoying the pod and with that being said i'll see you guys next time and you guys enjoy the rest of your day peace